not going to do it, Grant. The end of the update, there were some words about a situation that's ongoing. I'm not going to say the name. We're going to try. Four hours today. We're going to see if it's possible. Big NFL breaking quarterback news. By the way, Ben Kenny and Grant Bills, we're in for Bill Michaels today. Starting off the 11 o'clock hour. Take your reaction to the Bucks and the Heat. Bucks fall 130 to 117. Some big quarterback news. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles, signs a very, very large extension. There is another quarterback situation that is playing out with one that will be traded. We just don't know when. And that's all. And we're going to move forward. 877-867-1670. Packers voluntary workouts do start today. Jordan Love showed up walking in in the snow, giving, I think, the same expression, Grant, that we all gave walking into work today. It's like, all right, cool. Just doesn't get better than this, does it? I I think you and Jordan Love had very similar sentiments walking into work this morning. I saw a clip that uh, Packers beat reporter, you know, Wes Hodkowitz, Packers.com? Yes. He posted a clip of Jordan Love walking in, and they had a brief exchange, and Jordan Love asked Wes, it's like, do you think Phil Longo's offense will work in this? <laughs> do you think Wisconsin will practice outside today? Well, yeah. That's all I can think about. I can will... the air raid function in such conditions? I don't know. I'll reach out to our boots on the ground out there at Wisconsin practice. There is the launch actually coming up on Saturday, open practice to the fans. It's something they've done in the past, but it's much more extravagant this year. It's the end of spring ball. They're doing an open practice on Saturday, but the weather looks a little iffy. So we're wondering if the weather will dissuade the offense from operating and who would I be to overreact to that happening? Right, Grant, who would I be to see a headline like that? and not make broad sweeping assumptions on the quality of play. Take today's poll question in hour one, which is level of concern sponsored by the fish fry you had last Friday and just plan that <laughs> presented by for Monday. What is your level of concern about the Badgers offense in these conditions? <laughs> just reuse it next week. 30 miles. Please. Yeah. I went on, I, I went on my, my wind app that I sometimes use for you golf have a wind app. I do. And maybe up to 30 mile an hour gusts on, on Saturday. We know that's not a how, quarterback's best friend. See how they can take how, the air out of the football. How do you have space on your phone for a wind app? I had to delete the ESPN app this weekend because space is so low on my phone. I couldn't even take a video at a concert this weekend. Ooh. And you have a wind app? Wow, you're that guy with the phone out taking the video for you to... One. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. I didn't record the whole show. I like having a memory, a memento. Just, just 20 seconds. A little guitar solo. Look at this. For sure. You know? I didn't try to record the whole thing. I actually recently had to get a new phone. My old one, the screen stopped working. It would turn on, but it wouldn't respond to touch. And when you have a a, a touch phone. Touch, touch screen. That kind of yeah. makes it tough to operate. And it finally died. I was wrestling with it. It would stop working every two hours for a 20-minute period. Then I would fix it, and it'd be fine. Finally just stopped for good. So I had to get a new one. So I actually spent a couple weekends ago doing the whole set up the new phone thing, which is very rewarding once you get done with it. It is. But it did free up a lot of space. I'm not bogged down in some older apps I may have. Yeah. I I was going to say that explains it. You're in the honeymoon phase with a new phone. That's why you have the space for a wind app. That answers my question. And it does. I mean, no free ads here, but the new camera, I will say, is noticeably different. 
and, and I'm oh. not one to take a lot of pictures. I'm not a big picture say. taker. But I have noticed, I, I, I sent a selfie to some people when I was on a golf course when it was 20 degrees, all bundled up. I thought it looked funny. And the, the quality on the camera is really impressive. So Can you, What would it take from me to get you to tweet that selfie? Not as much as, as you would think. I, I, I okay. could send it to you coming up in a bit. Okay. It, it's kind of a vibe, honestly. 877-867-1670. Bucks fall to the heat, 131-17 last night. We are taking your reaction. Level of concern from the game. I think Grant and I both firmly in the somewhat concerned, but that mostly relating to Giannis's injury at Benzie Kenny on Twitter. Almost 50% Grant say everything will be fine. Everything is fine. 43% say somewhat concerned. A couple people say the sky is falling at the moment. Uh, I, the more I think about it, and I don't know if this is too, I don't know if this is just one day and we over and we're overreacting to a loss, but the more I think about it, the less well it sits for me. And that's just the game. And this is not projecting forward again. Okay. I don't necessarily have concern that they'll, that they won't turn it around. I don't think that'll happen. I don't think they're in much trouble against the heat this series, unless Giannis is definitely out and then it'll probably be close. But I don't know the, the more I think about the game and the more I think about the, the endless answers the heat had and some of the offensive dysfunction at times on the buck side, it just, it, it just doesn't sit right. I guess I would say. And then I go on, on Twitter and some people are coming after coach, Bud, and not even just to say, why didn't the team play better? Why wasn't there a response after Giannis goes down. Some people are saying, uh, I need to go find the tweet again. But there are some Greg Gard-esque, the sky is falling on Coach oh. Bud again, takes that I'm seeing, which I wanted to get your thoughts on before before we throw the Brewers in, which we're going to do. Good weekend of Brewers baseball. I, do, we, do we start defending Coach Bud against those that are going a little too far on the criticism? I mean, I will. Yeah, I saw a tweet yesterday that said they can't win a title with Bud as the coach. I'm like, wait, what? What? Really? Look, everyone this time of year obsesses over adjustments. Oh, which, co- which coach will make the most adjustments? Do you, you have those adjustments you can make in the playoffs? Most of these teams don't really adjust that much because they're really good at the things that they do, and they've done those things for 82 games. They're tiny little tweaks here and there. But wholesale changes, like dads at home are thinking, well, this isn't working. This man defense, they should try a zone. They're not doing that. That's not how professional basketball, it's not how the NBA works. There were some little things. They let Jimmy Butler get a little comfortable walking into his shots, which is frustrating because that's what they did two years ago, right? I I thought their defense on Bam was fine. A little more aggressive going over ball screens rather than under. That's a little tweak, a little adjustment they could make. Otherwise, I really don't have any problems with what Coach Bud did yesterday. There, there was a point, the last thing I'll say, there was a stretch where there was no Drew, no Wes, and no Crowder on the floor. And at that point, you're asking Chris Middleton to guard Jimmy Butler. I don't like that. If we could avoid that, that'd be great. Other than that, I really don't have any problems with Coach Bud today. Really no qualms. 877-867-1670. I, I do feel that there is a Greg Gard-type sentiment out there in regards to Bud when the Bucks lose a playoff game or two, and then it's all on all on the coach. I, I'm a big believer, and yes, am I 
Am I somewhat disappointed that they came out of the gates the way they did? Sure. But I'm a big believer when it comes to NBA, when it comes to any level of basketball that, yeah, the, the coach has a good amount to do with it. But it's also if, if a team is losing, if the Badgers are losing and they can't score, at a certain point, you need guys to just hit shots. At a certain yeah. point, you need Tyler Wall and Steven Crowell to finish inside, right? And I'm sure at a certain point yesterday, Coach Bud needed maybe the defense to be a little better on the court. I mean, he obviously needed the heat to miss a shot or two. Um, Would have been nice. But I'm, I'm a big believer that uh, basketball is a game that is often in the hands of the stars and the people on the court more so than definitely football. And then baseball your, uh, has its own argument. Your, your friend Zach, our colleague Zach Heilbrunn, uh, once said on one of your shows that I enjoy, Kenny and Heilbrunn, or maybe it was the camp, you can't yell in shots. What do you want Bud to do? You want him to yell loud enough from the bench that Jay Crowder's three-point shots go in? It's just not how basketball works. Yep. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'll throw in the Brewers here in a couple minutes. Let's go back to the phones first. Line one, you were on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Hey guys, you got Court out in Whitewater. How are you doing today, Ben? What's up, Court? Good man. Hey, uh, just commenting on the game a little bit. Now the sky's not falling. Uh, things will be fine. The Heat had to shoot sixty percent and over fifty from three. They did win by thirteen, but the Bucks didn't quite hit the shots they needed. But my my big comment, my takeaway from all this is that. This team is set up to go deep into the playoffs. They have a very, very deep roster. Uh, if Giannis doesn't come back and play on Wednesday, I think the adjustments will be made, and I think they'll win the game without him as well because they just have the personnel on this team to, to make that deep run. This is what it's set up for. And, uh, you know, one game does not make a season. Just like we talk about, Bill constantly makes that reference to Jordan Love, you know, well, you know one yes, quarter or whatever that Philly game so one game doesn't make the whole playoff run. They'll be fine. They'll bounce back. Uh, I got I got faith and belief in them. I'll tell you that. Well, this is tough because I'm a big believer in the small sample size of Jordan Love, meaning that he's going to be good. So I'm going to put that part of the analogy away. I, I, I do agree with you, though. They are like and Grant, you could speak to this more than I can. Like they are as well set up to make a deep run as they ever have been. And they the roster is very talented and you have a lot of good contributors off the bench. But also like last night, they didn't play like that. Last night, part of the problem is I, I don't think the depth really showed up, which is not that does not mean it won't yeah. happen in the future. But when we say, OK, what were the biggest issues with yesterday's game? I would say one of them is aside from Bobby Portis, who played a lot of minutes when obviously with Giannis going down, there just wasn't enough from the bench. Yeah, and I think part of that is once Giannis got hurt, trying to figure out how we deploy Jay Crowder defensively. Right. And and if we're deploying Jay Crowder differently post Giannis injury, what does that mean for Drew Holiday? What does that mean for Chris Middleton? Joe Ingles, where does he fall into this? So they have a lot of moving pieces. They have a lot of tools in the toolbox. The problem is the game plan got thrown out the window five minutes into the game. So if Giannis doesn't play, and I agree with Court, great call. If Wednesday Giannis isn't able to go, they still have a ton of pieces to deploy. And I'll still feel really good about the Bucks' chances winning Wednesday if they know going in we don't have Giannis. They can game plan accordingly. I'll feel good. Good call by court. 877-867-167. You could chime in there. Uh, I, I would say Bucks win this one in. It, it feels like six. It feels like the Heat might get feisty and steal one more. Five. Really? I think five. Wow. Yeah. Confident Grant. Grant woke up today and did not look outside and did not have any of the, any of the snow affect the mood. And we are just 
all the way back in on the Bucks not losing another game. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only Bucks fan that, that like knows that my team is really good. Like last week when we learned the draw, it's going to be Bucks Heat, and I tweeted about it. I was like, the Bucks are going to stomp this Heat team, something like that. Everyone's in my mentions. Oh, I don't know. Heat are really. Oh, it's going to be a dogfight. Heat guys, talk smack a little bit. We have the best player. We have the best team. The number one seed. Like, let's go. I don't know. I feel like we need a little bit more of that. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We'll take your calls on the Bucks. I wanted to do this though, Grant. Yesterday, overshadowed by. Unfortunately, Giannis's injury in the first quarter of said Bucks game. The Milwaukee Brewers one to nothing over the Padres. They finish winning three of four in San Diego over the weekend. They have now risen to eleven and five, two games up on the Cubs and Pirates in the NL Central. There's a lot of season-wide stuff I want to get to in a bit, but the story of Sunday for the Brewers, Mr. Wade Miley. It sucks that he's not going to get his due today because we're talking about Giannis's injury and Reggie Miller and should we ban the charge and a bunch of dumb topics that we shouldn't discuss, but we're going to wait. I love Wade Miley and I got to talk to him twice at spring training, which I think like, Oh, you were opinion of him a little bit. You went to spring training. I did. I did. I was in the clubhouse. Oh, really? And I, Day one, Wade was like the second player I've ever, he was the second professional athlete I've ever talked to in my life. The first was Ethan Small, who <laughs> very quickly got sent to AAA after I had a chance <laughs> to speak with him. Like the afternoon of. Wade Miley is awesome. Like I talked to him. I was like, hey, like, welcome back. You were great in 2018. Like, we loved watching the playoffs. Like, what do you think your role is going to be this year? And he's like, I don't know. You know, hope, make some starts, help the team, like wherever they need me. Just super lighthearted, good mood, just excited to be back. And I'm like, this guy's going to fit perfectly. Like if he's a back end of the rotation guy, or maybe if he ends up in the pen, I just, I left spring training with a lot of confidence that Wade Miley was going to be a contributor. I love that guy. I think he's the perfect fifth starter. I like the fifth starter to be older rather than younger. Maybe like in basketball, you go to the bench, you have a veteran. That's great in college basketball. It's very rare these days, right? Like you can go to a, a Vito Brown or a Duye Dukin on the bench thinking wow. back to 2015 rather than some freshman. I like that veteran presence in the fifth spot in the rotation. Love Wade Miley. I know I keep ranting. I'll stop and let you talk, but I love oh, Brevin Pritzel. There you go. Of a not as successful team. Seven innings pitched yesterday. And I thought it was going to get bad. They came out of the gates. He, he, they had first and third with no outs in the first inning. He got out of it with no runs. I thought he was going to get rocked. And I, I was ready to quote tweet what you had said with the big Wade Miley start coming. Seven innings pitch, four hits, 8K, zero runs. He is now three starts into the year, two and one, 18 innings pitched, which is out of a fifth starter. If you're getting six innings a game and mm-hmm. three total runs on average, one run in six innings, that's remarkable. I do. I, I like the take of an older guy being the fifth. I kind of like it being a crafty lefty. I just something about like, you know, baseball today is all these crazy hard throwing righties, all all the flamethrowers and even some some lefties like Blake Snell, who's on the Padres, just absolutely pumping and consistently missing spots. And frankly, not being nearly as entertaining to watch as a Wade Miley, Jamie Moyer type pitcher, even Lance Lynn. Good one. Somebody else. Yeah, The best one ever at it. 
was Cliff Lee to me, or at least in the last 15 to 20 years, of a dude that just painted and went about his business pretty quick, always in rhythm, and yeah, could get hit around at times, as Miley has, but that you always know will give you the innings. It's just a question of whether there are three or four runs in it or zero or one. Like, you know he can get you to the seventh if you need him to, even if he's getting hit around a lot, which is, yeah, that's the veteran, that's the experienced guy you need at the back end. I probably should issue a mea culpa here. Okay. Bill Michaels, at the start of the year, was wondering who an unsung hero, a a dark horse star of the Brewers could be. I think unsung hero was the exact words. Mm -hmm. He said Wade Miley. To which I I chuckled. I I shunned the take. I kind of compared him to a mix of Chichi Gonzalez and Jason Alexander. Which was too far. Which was way too far. It's fine. It's fine to laugh about this signing because it's objectively funny. Like the Brewers signed one veteran pitcher, and of course it's Wade Miley. It is funny. Like we can have a certain degree of fun with this, but he's not Jason Alexander, who we talked about a ton last summer, Ben. Oof. Like I feel like we had so many Jason Alexander conversations. He's better than that. Yes, I take it back. Well, the Mia Culpa is not only did I take it too far to think that Wade Miley would not be a extremely productive pitcher, I thought he'd be an innings eater. I I called him an innings eater, which is a nice way of saying a pitcher that gives up a lot of runs, but just like a, he he just goes out there and takes the bullets. He just pitches the innings and gives you the innings. He has been so much more than that. I have been very, very wrong. Bill was right. What's new? There you go. I'm probably not going to say it to his, he's going to come back on whichever day and parade that take around. And I'm not going to give in when he is here. But for all the listening audience out there that catches his show every day, Bill was right. I was wrong about Wade Miley. I have a Wade Miley drop. Let me see if I can get this to play. Wade's a good pitcher. Wade's a good pitcher. <laughs> that was Craig Council two starts ago when the Brewers beat was acting shocked. They're like, what? Look at Wade. We were that's all the, that's shocked, Grant. That's the McCalvey, by the way. Don't ask a question. Just make a, an exasperated comment. How about Wade, huh? Or... <laughs> Man, really crazy to see what this player's doing. Like, it's never a question. McAlvey will just bat lead off in these scrums. He'll be like, wow, how about Wade? And Council basically said, Wade's a good pitcher. If we keep him healthy and keep him on a schedule, he will be really good for us. Wade's a good pitcher. Speaking of Craig Council and Wade Miley, I have comments to play after the game yesterday. What did Craig Council say about the best start of Wade Miley's year so far and a, a great one nothing win? There was something else in the wind, though, Grant, I want to get to. There have been a lot of positive surprises with this 11-5 and Brewers team. And we'll get back to Bucks talk as well coming back. But there's something else that happened yesterday that is a trend I think is notable. I want to get to it and what other positive surprises are, are sitting right now, sitting right with everybody as, as the Brewers cap off an impressive weekend against the Padres. That's all coming up next. Craig Council talking about Wade Miley as well as much more. That is Grant Bills. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Very well pitched game on both sides. You know, 
felt like you know, Darvish was going to be tough to score against for sure, and then but Wade was was just a little bit better, um, and it was just so it was great pitching all around. All right, there's the manager, Mr. Craig Council. After the game, Brewers win one nothing. Wade Miley pitches a gem, shutting down a good Padres lineup. Ben Kenny Grant Bills here with you today. In for Bill Michaels, 877-867-1670. Grant, I want to get your pure reaction to the second half of that clip. Right after Council's answer, this is the exchange with reporters speaking about Wade Miley's start in San Diego. That was just kind of vintage Wade, too, wasn't it, the way he did it? Yeah, I mean, he, he just... Look, you know, it's obvious. It's not done with a lot of velocity, but it's done with where the hitter, you know, feels like he's on defense a little bit, um, and that's done by I think um, both the quality of the pitches and, and the pace that he works with, um, and just the, having to cover. The hitter has to cover a lot of parts of the strike zone at a lot of different speeds, um, and that's just pitching. Um, and, and Wade is now is pitching you know it's just it's a lesson in how to pitch right it's that's what he's doing um there he is was that was that our friend kurt hogue who asked that it might have been that i dm'd him i was like who was that you <laughs> who said the phrase vintage wade miley <laughs> no, which no. one of the brewers beat guys was it i need to know just vintage wade and and yeah that's pitching the location, he's a crafty lefty. There's something awesome about a crafty lefty. So A lesson in pitching, covering different locations of the plate at different speeds. So I have a new question to pose. 877-867-1670. We can take your calls on the Bucks coming up. The Twitter question of the 11 o'clock hour even though we're halfway through it. Presented by the snow on the ground on April 17th. What has been, Grant, the biggest positive surprise of the Brewers' hot start? Wade Miley, the bullpen, which is something from yesterday's game I think is significant, significantly stressed lucky, or new faces on offense, right? A big question we had about the Brewers and they're 11 and five. They're playing great baseball. They just took three or four from a really good team. Probably the biggest question we had was what will the bullpen look like? Well, where we sit right now in the seventh to ninth inning, the bullpen has a 1.09 ERA. They have not let up. They have a 2.26 ERA overall. It's the best in baseball. Devin Williams, even though it got rocky at the end there yesterday, he's been lights out. Peter Strzelecki is emerging as the setup option. 7.1 innings, zero runs allowed so far. The bullpen's been phenomenal. And it was the biggest question. But at the same time, you have some disappointments in the rotation with Woodruff's injury and a rocky start from Burns. Peralta got hit around a bit on Saturday. But we did get a, a great Eric Lauer start on Friday, which we needed badly. And then you go to the new phases on offense and you talk about Contreras, who's been hitting a lot, not a lot of power, but he's been hitting all the young guys and, and the life they've brought. There are a lot of different ways to go with it. But what, what what's your positive surprise about the Brewers so far? Um, I think it's probably the bullpen. Probably. And I have as much faith as anyone in the Brewers world in Craig Council figuring out a way 
to manage the bullpen and get the most out of all of those guys. So I, I didn't I didn't know if Gus Varland was going to be their setup guy, if it was Strizlecki. I, I didn't know the order in which Craig Council would deploy these guys. But I had a lot of faith that Council would get the most out of these guys that he could. Like he was going to get the best version of this bullpen. I didn't think they were going to be putting together these long scoreless streaks and enduring two to three shutout innings in a one nothing game in San Diego against that lineup. So I think it would be the bullpen. The offense is kind of what it's always been, right, Ben? Just with a little different flavor. Like they brought better. in some new faces, moving around the deck chairs. They're a little faster, hit to contact a little bit better, but I don't think their offense is way different than it was last year. It's actually a lot better so far. It's been a lot better. Yesterday, they or last year, excuse me, they finished the year in the middle of the pack in a lot of categories. They were towards the top 10 in, in OPS. They hit for some some power, but obviously the offense became the story of the beginning of the season and and sometimes on the losing streak when they couldn't produce. But they were, they were an average offense. They were a middle-of-the-pack offense with, I would argue, a lot of low-ceiling veterans like Colton Wong and Lorenzo Cain was there in the beginning, Andrew McCutcheon. Obviously, the young life makes it feel different, but through 16 games, they're seventh in baseball in average at 263. They're sixth in on base at 346. They're ninth in OPS. They are, by every account, a top six to seven off. They're hitting like a top six to seven offense, where maybe the biggest disappointment has been the starting rotation when it comes to all of it. Like, what's underperforming that? out of anything is no, the offense has been a, a top seven group so far. That's why you're weren't winning they, a game 11 yeah. to two. Weren't, weren't a lot of the metrics top 10 last year with the offense, like talk about OPS and, and certain metrics, the runs didn't always reflect it. But I think last year, the numbers were a lot kinder than we were with this Brewers offense, right? Cause that's with, with Brewers apologists is maybe a strong word, but I had a lot of people saying, you know, you complain about this offense, but they, they do this, they do this, they do this, all at a top 10 clip. Wasn't that the case last year, too? They were fringe top 10. They were in okay. the 10 to 12 range. Okay. They're not the best offense in baseball, but they're, they're hitting yeah. like a different offense so far. But I think that speaks to a, probably a better lineup depth, definitely a higher lineup ceiling when you talk about yeah. the young contributors. We had a Yelich home run number two over the weekend. I don't think he had a great Sunday. I have to pull it up, but uh, a, a pretty solid weekend. I would get notifications because I was out. I, I think this was Friday night when, when Yelich homered and yeah. Brewers win 11 to two until Les goes deep twice. I was out on the golf course. I, I wasn't able to watch the game, but I was getting notifications when they were scoring. And in the first inning, they played it runs. And I think it was because Yelich walked. And I thought it meant that Yelich had maybe hit a double, like a leadoff double, bringing some power. But then I, I threw out a tweet that Yelich is playing just well enough for the for the Padres to take on his contract. Yeah. Which was a joke. But he's, listen, it's still underwhelming. But when the offense as a whole is top seven or eight in every category, then I'm not going to harp on him too much. Like, yeah, I and, want and I more, but they're winning comfortably and they're hitting the ball well yeah and i think their offense just has a slightly different flavor it looks different to our eyes compared to what we saw last year like mitchell and and weimer and some of these new faces Contreras, 
just playing offense a little differently, playing a little bit more to contact. Willie Adamas still has a tendency to, I think, swing for the fence and fly out in moments where I'd prefer that he just try to put the ball in the grass somewhere. Um, I saw a funny tweet. You burnt up Yelich. I think it was on Friday. It was from Ona Bam, which is the, just the leader of Brewers Twitter, that said, smart of Craig Council to bat Yelich in leadoff spot so they clear his spot for the next three innings. Just get that spot out of the way with early in the game. <laughs> oh, God. This poor guy. But Yelich has this amazing tendency, Ben, to have a terrible game, like four strikeouts, grounded to a double play, and just when things are about to really peak in terms of anti-Yelich Twitter, he'll come back the next day and have a Q-shot double down the third base line and just barely poke one over the fence. Yelich just does enough to really calm the masses, I think, when he needs to. This weekend is probably a good example. Yeah, he'll get news dumped a bit by the Bucks coming up. Can I ask you a, a baseball question? I know you watch a ton of MLB Network, and, and you're more plugged in, I think, to baseball on a macro level than I am. Will there come a point this year where we start having a Juan Soto conversation? I just saw tweets from Padres people, from Brewers people. Hmm. I just feel like ever since he got there and he got paid, he he hasn't been the the superstar that I think he was billed when he was traded. Do you have a take on that? I don't think he has been paid yet. Did he not get paid? Then I, I'm sorry. I, I assumed that the Padres paid him when they traded for him. No, I, in, I guess. No, in January, I, I just saw tweets. He signed a one-year, twenty-three million dollar deal to avoid arbitration. Okay. And still waiting on the on the long term. I have not. I've watched some Padres baseball. I have not been following the ins and outs of Juan Soto. Here's the thing. What do you value? This is the discussion when it comes to, I think, a lot of hitters. I love this. He's hitting 172. And on the surface, that looks terrible. And and, and for his. Because it is. Well, for his standard, it is. It's a slow start. I, and the end of last year in the playoffs weren't great. But reacting to slow starts is a very tough thing that you could do a lot in baseball for great players. And often water finds its level. And especially for a guy as good as Soto. But even hitting 172, his on base is 351. Like he is still drawing walks at a remarkable clip, which he always does. Which I feel like if you are the type of hitter he is and your average is low and you're struggling, but you're also, you've also lost the ability to get on base to walk to see pitches, that's when signs are that it's bad. For instance, Nick Castellanos last year, never a big walk guy, but he just, I, I mean, he would be step up to the plate, strike one, strike two, goodbye. Swinging a pitch in the dirt, the eye was just gone. And he also couldn't hit the ball. But if you're out there and you're still getting on base at the clip he is with the average as low as it is, that would tell me that uh, things will probably turn around. I don't think we need to have a discussion. Okay. I mean, if, if you're the Padres, does it give you pause? Probably not, honestly. It might even hopefully give you a discount. Well, I tell you what, dude, I should have asked around because I was in San Diego two week two weeks ago. That is a Padres town. Like the, so much Padres stuff. We went to the beach one night and we went to like this taco stand just like a couple blocks away. And it was kind of like a real small place, big open window. And there were people gathered around in the parking lot, just peeking in and watching the Padres game on the tiny TV that was in there. There were like four police officers. I don't know if they were taking a break or they're waiting for food, just looking in, watching the Padres. Like that team is, is definitely capturing 
the fans out there. That's a crazy environment to go in and win, too. I should have asked. I could have been boots on the ground. What do you think of Juan Soto, the early returns in 2023? That's, I, I dropped the ball there. Well, they have Tatis coming back, too, from suspension, who is yeah. he is absolutely crushing the baseball in the minors. He's going to come up, and he's going to have a an MVP-adjacent season, if it's possible. Do we think so? For a guy that, that took PEDs. Oh, I, I mean, their roster's loaded, but guess what, Grant? They are one of the bottom three or four television markets in baseball. Well, yet still they're out there and they are spending crazy sums of money. They and and the fans have obviously been somewhat starved. They hadn't been competitive. I remember the 2007 2008 Padres teams like they were good back then. Old old Trevor Hoffman days. Kyle Blanks and Adrian Gonzalez. Yes, but now they're they're spending. And then yeah. that brings crazy fan excitement. I think like, like, like yeah, the, the Brewer situation is what it is. But what the Padres are doing, given they aren't close to the markets of other teams, not to say the Brewers would go and spend the money they're spending, but it tells me that it's more possible than a lot of people would make it out to be. I think it's more of a, of a top of the organization ownership philosophy. Sure. More well, so than it being impossible. Not to go all cowherd with this here, but that's the price you have to pay when it's 75 and sunny every day, best climate in the nation, five minutes from the beach, a lot of taxes. two hours from Coachella, which was this last weekend. Taxes are high. Oh Attention out there is at a premium. The team's paying for that. Milwaukee, not so much. I'm going to watch because I don't have anything else to do. Well, Bally sports will make it tough to watch. Uh, attention's true. at a premium unless the games aren't broadcast on television. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. You'll step away. Take a quick break. Ben Kenny Grant bills in for Bill Michaels. Thoughts on uh, Brewers taking three of four. Good series win over the Padres. They are in Seattle to take on a oh, a very fun Mariners team. I would I I love Mariners baseball. I'm all the way in on on what's going on over there. Managed by a lacrosse man, Scott Service, our native son here in the the Cooley region. So this is a lot of Wisconsin ties here. We got Wisconsin's West Coast Scott Service versus Wisconsin's East Coast. Craig Council and Whitefish Bay, a battle of the coastal elites of this state. I would argue that the East Coast is a lot more coastal elite than the West, but still. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Reaction uh, to the Bucks as well. There's a lot more to get to. It's Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, and for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, we're back. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben, Kenny, Grant, Bills in for Bill today. 877-867-1670. That's how you join the show. Concern about the Bucks after their loss to the Heat yesterday at the Pfizer Forum. On, uh, I don't want to do this, Grant, but do I love the blue court? No. And that probably could be all that said about it. Not a Not a huge fan of it. I like the traditional court, but concern about the Bucks. We could take your calls on that. And then biggest uh, positive surprises of the Brewer season so far. Uh, a great series out in San Diego. You got the bullpen pitching great, the, the young hitters on offense, and then Mr. Wade Miley showing up. Is he the Brewer's ace right now? 877-867-1670. Uh, there is also Maybe one, one Buck storyline that we neglected to mention earlier. 
the the Bucks are zero and one in the playoffs with Jimmy Haslam as the owner. I saw someone tweet that last night. I that's not great. I don't know what else to say about it, but it's something we'll monitor. As the I, I just you wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't at least mention it. I I, I know got to be mentioned. Who who was the more who was the more ineffective Haslam in the building last night? Jimmy Haslam or Udonis Haslam? <laughs> well. And the, and the other side of that coin is the Bucks are 0-1 since Alex Lazary left his position of VP of whatever, whatever he was for the Bucks when his father then sold his stake and left his leadership post. Should we, well, should we expect who should, who should be held to a higher standard this series? Jimmy Haslam or Udonis Haslam? 877-867-1670. Well, I, Mm. Udonis Haslam is a pioneer of heat culture, which is largely regarded as one of the best cultures in professional sports. Jimmy Haslam has overseen a culture in Cleveland that has been widely regarded as one of the worst. So I think we expect more from Udonis, right? I did see he hit a three in his final final regular season game in Miami. I made all yeah. the people excited in garbage time. Whatever. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones. Line one, you're on the Bill Michael Show. Who do we got? Hi, it's Brenda. Brenda, how are you? <laughs> Haven't heard good, from you in a while. How is everything? Yes, been a while. Um, good. Um, so with the Brewers, I'm glad the bullpen is coming alive, and that's great. I think what surprises me the most is the offense, just because you didn't know with all the new faces what it was going to be like. But I have a question, and it's probably going to take some research. Yes. It feels like with the pitch clock being there now that there's actually across all of the baseball, not just the Brewers, across all of baseball, it seems like there's more hitting actually being accomplished this year than last year. Because last year, I remember a lot of games were like zero to two, one to three. It feels like there's a lot more runs across baseball being scored. And I'm wondering if it isn't the pitch clock because well, people can't get in their heads. Well, there's that. There's also the lack of shifts. So you see a lot more ground yeah. balls go through the infield that otherwise wouldn't, which I love. I'm not the biggest pitch clock right. fan just in general, but I like the idea of the ball being in play more. You have more stolen bases. I Like the pitch clock makes it so hard for pitchers to manage the running game, to hold runners on, to kind of control the flow of rallies when they start. So I think, yeah, I think yeah. that all plays into it. But it feels like, like I said, I feel like there's a lot more runs happening where last year it was kind of like it was still kind of slow. And, yeah, I think, it, you know, this, the games have shortened up, so it's not quite as long a game. But I feel like the batters can't quite get in their heads as much. They're swinging a little freer. Hmm. Like the swings are much better, I think, than what they have been too. Right. I, I mean, that also could be the fact that everybody has to adjust the pitchers and the hitters uh-huh. to the pace of it, it feels like something that would be easier for the hitters to adjust to. I think so. Sort of. Yeah. But a lot of them would step out, rearrange stuff, you know, and think about <laughs> things, but now they don't have that opportunity as much. Don't you miss that part of the game though? Restrap the gloves on five times. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, come on. Not always, but I was like, why are we stepping out after every pitch? That kind of drove me crazy. So I'm kind of glad to see that go away, to be honest with you. 
Um, but I was just wondering if anybody else has kind of noticed that. I mean, yes, the games are more exciting because they're not as long and there are more hits and without the shift, but it's kind of like the combination of the shift and the pitch clock has, I think, equated to more runs, which makes the games a little more exciting. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I, I think it definitely all plays in. I mean, just more action. I I have found that when pitchers have runners on base, they have not been as well equipped to deal with it than in the yeah. past, which makes for snowball effects. Because as soon as they go to the stretch and they can't hold the ball to hold the runner on, or throw over to just slow everything down before having to throw a pitch, now they're forced to just go and go. So once it gets bad, I feel as though it. It's hard for it them keeps, to stop it from snowballing. It keeps getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. For pitchers. Uh, I appreciate uh-huh. the phone call though. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Thanks, Brenda. Um, let's do this. Let's take one more call before we before we step away. Line two. You're on the Bill Michael show. Who do we got? Hey, you guys. This is John from Atlanta. What's Atlanta, up, John? Georgia. I, I just, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch about the Bucks. I think um, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think. With that game, I mean, I think that was that was the Heat's best shooting of the year, and that was the Bucks' worst shooting of the year. I mean, I, I guess that kind of says it all. I think that was a, you know, kind of a one-shot deal. I think what really I'm really happy with, and maybe I missed it, but Middleton to me, I mean, my biggest fear with Game One was winning, and then Middleton tweak his knee, and he's a wrap. Because I think we're just we're done at that point as far as beating Boston goes. Uh, but I think Middleton's knee looks solid. His shot looks very solid. He was making moves I don't think I've seen him make all year. But I was just happy with his performance. And with Giannis looking day-to-day, I think we're totally fine. And I, I don't think Holiday, you know, Jimmy Butler did his thing. But I think Holiday, as always, he'll take it a bit personal. And I don't want to guarantee the next four are ours. No, guarantee I'll it. the next five are ours. Okay, let's do it. I think we'll keep them from here. I think it's a done deal. Wow. Uh, maybe I, we go six. Maybe we go. Maybe the NBA wants us to go six for some extra pass. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, with Middleton playing like he did last night, if that knee is, knee is solid, Giannis is back. Even if Giannis misses game two, I don't know. Maybe it's super homerism. It very well could be. But I think it's a wrap, especially with zero go down with the wrist. It, it's done. Right. Yeah, well, well, yeah, if you hear what uh, Reggie Miller had to say, and appreciate the phone call, John. Sorry, we're up against it here. Herbert Reggie Miller said he said that uh, Tyler Hero is is one of the biggest losses you could have possibly. Yeah, but yeah, I like the optimism. Series changing, playoff changing, both conferences. Tyler Hero's loss as they were the title favorite. I don't. I. It's not that I'm pessimistic. I just I need to see healthy, effective Giannis back before I, before I'm 100. percent Everything's fine. Sure, I I don't fault you for that. That's the classic Bill Simmons. I'd I'd like to see it. Could I please see it for four quarters before I start buying in? 100%. I, I get you. Except but he's still waiting to see it after decades of seeing it but not accepting it in yeah, some cases. Yeah. 877-867-1670. We'll step away, take a quick break. Coming up at the top of the hour, the Packers NFL draft thought of the day. I, I, I was kind of I, – I was noshing on something. I, it, I have a couple thoughts to share when it comes to the Packers and the draft. Maybe a movement to begin. We'll get to that coming up at noon. That's Ben Kenny and Grant Bills and for Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. All right, we're back. It's the Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills on this Monday. 
Hit the top of the hour uh, coming up in a second here. When we come back, still to come today, we'll get into the NFL draft. There's some some big NFL news as well to hit. Uh, we'll take your calls. Bucks drop game one of the series to the Heat. Giannis hurt. Where's the concern level for that? And uh, big surprises, positive surprises for the Milwaukee Brewers. Grant, I don't think we should discuss uh, last night's episode of Succession, given the spoiler uh, nature that it could be. We could discuss it briefly without spoiling anything, I think. All right. Well, we might do that as well. Banger of an episode last night. A lot of ways we could go with it. There's a lot more to get to, though. Stay right there. We're back in two minutes. It's, it's Ben Kenny, Grant Bilson for Bill Michael.